Have you ever been so overwhelmed by the noise around you that you've just wanted to shout for everyone to please just keep quiet so I can think? Now, I'm not a parent, but I'm sure the parents here tonight can validate the, the noise of a beautiful, full house of children echoing through, crippling your ability to think. And for those of us who don't have children, maybe we can think back to pre-COVID days of full sports stadiums and the noise that surrounded that. How many of us long for a packed uh, Ellis Park to watch the Springboks play again or a packed Soccer City to watch the Soweto Derby once again? The cacophony of the Vuvuzelas piercing your head so you can't think and the Crowds singing the national anthem so loudly that it drowns out the PA system playing the, the singer's voice that is supposed to be playing. I, I think um, we, we're accustomed to some of that in Europe now. You watch the Springboks on their northern tour and you see packed stadiums in Scotland and Wales and England and Ireland. And you watch, for the football fans, you watch the Premier League or the Champions League and you see these raucous stadiums full of people. And whilst the atmosphere is electrifying, it's just so loud that you can barely even think. And I can recall refing a few big rugby matches before COVID. For those who don't know, I'm a rugby referee. And some of these fierce rivalries with packed stadiums and noisy crowds, and it's wonderful atmosphere and it's incredible to be a part of it. But then a big game-changing incident happens right in front of you and you get one opportunity to see it live. No TMO, no VAR if you're a football fan or DRS if you're a cricket fan. But if you're a cricket fan, you're probably watching the World Cup final and not at church. So hello if you're watching later than live. Um, but this, this idea that this crowd goes wild and they're screaming blue murder and the players are surrounding you and, and it's just so lo- noisy and I, I need to make a decision and I just want to blow my whistle and say, can you all please... Just keep quiet so I can think. And I recall refing the 125th anniversary match of K-Day between Kingswood College and St. Andrews College, the two private schools in Makanda, formerly Grahamstown. And um, the crowd was absolutely mental. The official count was well exceeded, well, it it well exceeded 15,000 people at a schoolboy rugby match. That's unreal. But the atmosphere was amazing and it was an incredible privilege to be part of it. Um, and I remember Kingswood's first try in the corner. They were at home and a chip and chase, beautiful passage of play and the boys scored in the corner and the crowd went absolutely mad. And I remember blowing my whistle for the try. And when you blow your whistle for a try, you blow like it's a celebration. So it's going to be loud. And I can remember thinking, I can't even hear my own whistle. It's so loud. And the noise was just electric. And a few moments later, when play resumed, a St. Andrews boy almost took the head off of a Kingswood boy with a high tackle. And so now the crowd went mental. They were screaming for him to be sent off. The players were in a bit of a fracas. There was pushing and shoving. There was a physio attending to the injured player. There were coaches and parents screaming at me to send the player off. And all I wanted to do was blow my whistle to settle the noise and say, can you all please just keep quiet so I can think? And I wonder whether we're living in a world where there is so much noise, so much clanging for our attention on billboards and social media and news feeds, our cell phone notifications, email pings on our phone, please respond to this urgent email, children calling, whatever it is. And in amongst all the noise of life, we just want to shout, can you all please just keep quiet so I can think. We're living 
in the kingdom of noise and it's impeding our ability to hear from the kingdom of heaven. We're overwhelmed by the noise of the world, feeling like the church and Christians and our belief system are being persecuted and we're not really sure what to do with and how to make sense of everything we're being inundated with. And perhaps like Elijah, when he was scared and overwhelmed and in distress, we want to run away and hide in a cave and wait for God to show himself mightily through a wind that will break the stones of the hardened hearts of man or perhaps in a mighty earthquake shake our consciences or perhaps through a great fire purge that which is made, built on wood, hay and stubble and produce that which is gold, silver and precious stone. But perhaps like Elijah in our distress, God isn't in the noise. He isn't in the great earthquake or the mighty wind or the fire, but in the gentle whisper of the still small voice inviting us to come out of the cave and to trust in him. Perhaps all the things we're searching for in the kingdom of noise to try and ease our worry and our anxiety are found in the kingdom of heaven and they're freely available to us. We're just too overwhelmed to hear. Jesus introduced a different type of kingdom, one which he said was free of worry and anxiety. And that if we seek this kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, instead of the kingdom of noise, all the things that the kingdom of noise promises to deliver but fails to will be added to us. The series titled Do Not Worry is based on Jesus' words in Matthew 6, the Sermon on the Mount, in which he invites us not to worry, but to trust in our good Father. Last week, we learned about Jesus inviting us to let the lie that God can't be trusted, the lie that there isn't enough, to let that lie die. To in, Jesus was inviting us to trust in our God as a good and generous Father who knows all that we need and promises to give it to us, for He cares for us. And this week, Jesus is inviting us to silence the clutter of the kingdom of noise that fuels worry and anxiety and displace it with the gentle whisper of the still small voice from the kingdom of heaven, which brings joy and peace. This type of living in the kingdom of noise has led to a world of anxiety. It was a pandemic before we had COVID and it seems like it's going to outlive COVID too. We have access to more information than we can possibly know what to do with. We're overwhelmed with and bombarded with more than we can handle and the toxicity of it is poisoning us. Perhaps the bombardment of the kingdom of noise is drowning out the gentle whisper of the still small voice from the kingdom of heaven in our lives. And I'm not saying that God doesn't speak in majestic ways. I'm just saying he more often than not is in the gentle whisper of the still small voice. I'm sure like me, you've always got something going on in your head, whether you're thinking about your kids or your partner or the person you'd like to be your partner or your ex-partner or work or studies or exams or what's for dinner or the rugby. You're always constantly mulling over something. Scripture seems to assume this, that we are always thinking about or mulling over or meditating on something and encourages us 
to take control of what that is. But with all the noise around us, it's hard to process it all. It's difficult to ensure that what we're thinking about is healthy. The writers of Scripture tell us that God's Word is what we should be meditating on and thinking about day and night. And that there are things that we should be thinking about and mulling on that introduce to ourselves the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, and so displace the kingdom of noise. Scripture assumes that we can take control of our thoughts, taking captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ, as Scripture says. Psalm 1 tells us a little bit about this life that Jesus is inviting us to live, the life of salvation, a blessed life. It says the following in verses 1 to 3. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. This passage shows us what a blessed life looks like. It says, blessed is the one who, and then tells us who that is and how they live and what they produce in their life. The psalm begins by telling us that blessed is the one who does not do certain things and contrasts this with what the blessed person does. It begins by giving us three steps not to follow. It says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. The order is quite important because one leads to the other. If we aren't hearing from the kingdom of heaven, then we will allow the kingdom of noise to determine our steps instead of allowing God to order our steps. We'll be listening to the kingdom of noise and we'll find ourselves walking in the way of the wicked. And when you walk in the way of the wicked long enough, you start standing for what they stand for. Or as the psalmist said, you stand in the way that sinners take. And once you stand there for long enough, you'll start to take root there. Or as the psalmist said, you'll sit in the company of mockers. But a blessed person watches where they walk and who they walk with, for it influences what you stand for, and that determines your roots and where you live from. The psalmist tells us, blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his word day and night. A blessed person is one who displaces the kingdom of noise with the kingdom of God. And the result of this is that a blessed person is like a tree planted by rivers of living water, whose leaf does not wither and who yields fruit in every season. Whatever they do prospers. This metaphor takes us right back to the Garden of Eden and the tree of life that yields its fruit and that is planted by rivers of living water represented by Jesus Christ. The wisdom of God is the tree of life and the river of living water is Jesus Christ. And we're invited to plant ourselves there. What it produces is fruit, fruit of the Spirit in every season, leaves which do not wither and prosperity in all that we do. A life liberated from worry and anxiety and one filled with joy and with peace. So how do we take control of our thoughts? bringing them under the obedience of Christ so that we can live with peace instead of worry and anxiety. Firstly, we need to ask ourselves, 
What are we consuming? What are we feeding our minds? Are we a tree planted by rivers of living water, consuming that which is good? Or are we consuming rubbish? We all know that a lifestyle of junk food and no exercises leads to an unhealthy body. Why then are we surprised when we fill our minds with unhealthy food and no exercise, and then we land up with an unhealthy mind? We all know that if we eat too much and too much rubbish, too much of the wrong stuff, we're not going to be healthy. We're going to put on weight, we're going to clog our arteries, we're going to get sick. Our bodies simply can't process it. But what are we feeding our minds? Are we endlessly scrolling through social media and news feeds? I mean, these things are not inherently bad, but if that's what our attention, where our attention is, if that's where our heart is, then our treasure will, if that's where our treasure is, then our heart will be there also. And so, and that is a sea of turmoil. And so what you, what you, um, what you focus on, you become. As Pastor George has been speaking about in the morning, we may know a lot. You read the news, you scroll social media. We know a lot, a lot of information, but we don't have any wisdom to apply our knowledge. And it's leaving us crippled by the weight of the worry and anxiety that we're carrying around from the sea of turmoil we're feeding our minds. And eating disorders can go the other way. Perhaps we think everybody has their own truth. I'll just go my own way, decide for, for myself what's right and wrong, and I don't need to consume myself with anybody else's opinion because everybody seems to have an opinion. But we know that if our bodies don't consume anything, it's just as if not more dangerous than consuming too much. So too it is with our minds. We need to be consuming the right things. Philippians 4 verse 8 gives us some guidance. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Last week, a Sunday morning, Pastor George spoke about how we allow certain things to drip into our minds and into our language, sometimes without even knowing it. This scripture is encouraging us to be very intentional about what we think about and what we allow to drip into our language and into our minds. And the promise that comes from this scripture in Philippians 4 is wonderful. The next verse tells us that when we put this into practice, the God of peace will be with us. And how wonderful in a world of turmoil, an upheaval of worry and anxiety to have the promise of the God of peace with us. And more than this, two verses before, it says when we are riddled with anxiety, because that does happen in this life, it says, when you have this, be anxious for nothing, but in all things, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What a wonderful promise that the God of peace will give us the peace of God. What do we need to do? Think about such things. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is lovely, anything excellent or praiseworthy. This appears to be an echo of Jesus' words on the Sermon of the Mount that we've been referencing, do not worry. So we do not live lives riddled with worry and anxiety, but instead we trust God as our generous host, our good Father who knows everything that we need and cares for us. Jesus is inviting us to displace the kingdom of noise and instead hear from and seek first the kingdom of God, knowing that all the things that we need, our good Father will give them to us as well.
So let us, like the psalmist said of the blessed person, consume rivers of living water by delighting ourselves and planting ourselves in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. When we are consuming His Word fulfilled in Jesus, we are consuming that which is good, life-giving and full of love. It leaves our lives full of joy and peace instead of worry and anxiety. So what are we consuming? Secondly, we need to ask ourselves, what is our filter? How are we sifting through what we are consuming? Because not everything is healthy. A healthy body processes what it has consumed and gets rid of that which is not necessary and keeps that which is good. If we don't filter what we're consuming, it leaves us overweight and crippled by all the worries and anxieties of the world, unable to move. Do we have space in our lives to think, just to process, to pray, maybe to fast, to seek wise counsel before we respond? It's part of our system, our filter system. I know that before I referee a big game like Kingswood against St. Andrews, I can't eat too close to kickoff because I need my body to process what I've consumed. Get rid of what it doesn't need, keep that which fuels me. What does our mental filter system look like or our spiritual filter system look like? Do we have tools in place to differentiate between the kingdom of noise and the kingdom of heaven? Our mobile devices, they're wonderful things and they keep us connected with one another and they keep us up to date, but they can be a massive hindrance to our filter system. We're addicted to them, aren't we? We, we check them whenever we have a moment. Got a moment to breathe, a moment to process, a moment to pray, a moment to think. What do we do? Take my phone out. That's why I've left it down there with my fiance. We check the latest notification. We scroll through reels and deals on social media. When we could just stop and pray and process. Jesus modeled this. He didn't have a smartphone, but he withdrew. He left the people around him to go find a quiet place. Before the day started, he started with the Father. And at the end of the day, he went to process his day with the Father so that he could be refueled to go again. We really should do the same. What does our morning look like before we start the day? And what does our end of day look like? I got good language on that from uh, somebody in our church actually about taking off a plane and landing a plane so that you can fly well through the day. I really enjoyed that language. It helps me start my day well. Deuteronomy 6 from verse 5 to 9 gives us some guidance. It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. This is the passage that Jesus quoted as the greatest commandment, to love God, which is a response to His love for us. And this passage teaches us some lessons on how to implement the law of the Lord, which is the law of love. To have them on our hearts, Scripture teaches us, that from the heart flows everything we do. So to have the love of God continuously meditating in our heart, to be prayerful in all that we do, will then dictate how we live. Filtering our view, and then 
we can inform our actions from there. This passage encourages us to impress them upon our children, to talk about them at home, when we walk along the road, when we lie down and when we get up. First thing in the morning, last thing before we go to bed. Remind ourselves of the goodness of God so that we can face the day ahead of us. To have them on our hands is a reminder that the work that we do is a blessing from God and it is done unto God. To wear them on our foreheads, it's what we think about and it's what people see when they see us, the love of God. To have them on the door frames of our homes, do they build the structures of our homes? To have them on our gates, does it remind us when we go out and does it remind us when we come in? This filter system, our daily devotionals, our quiet times, our reading of Scripture and our prayer, these things are so important. It sets us up to live lives full of joy and peace, away from anxiety and worry. This week was a classic example of do what I say, not as I do. In preparing this message, I was all out of sync. I went away this weekend. Whenever I go away, I get out of sync. Did a wedding, or was at a wedding in Pet on Friday, did a wedding in J-Bay Saturday, slept away from home, didn't have my normal morning routine. I'm quite a structured person. I was out of sync, completely out of sync. And it's just the simple things of putting in a devotional routine, a morning devotion. There is a pastor in our church. He's retired. He's about 80 years old. We've just celebrated his 80th birthday. And he is up at five every morning without fail for an hour of devotional before he even speaks to his wife. I think that's incredible. He still puts in those daily routines to live a life free of worry, free of anxiety. Whenever you encounter him, he's ready with a word of encouragement. That doesn't happen accidentally. We, we need to determine what we're trying to achieve. We want to live blessed lives, lives free of worry and anxiety and full of the joy and peace of the Lord. That comes from learning to trust in our good father as a generous father who knows all that we need, that God really can be trusted. And with him, there really is more than enough. In order to live lives free of worry and anxiety and full of joy and peace, we need to replace the kingdom of noise with the kingdom of heaven. We need to take ownership of what we are consuming and how we are filtering. We need to silence the noise of the world so we can hear the gentle whisper of the still, small voice of the kingdom of God. Colossians 3 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. This passage encourages us to set our minds on things above, not on the turmoil of the world, what's happening next. We don't have all the answers, what's going to happen. Set our minds on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, so that we can silence the kingdom of noise and listen to the kingdom of heaven. So in the day ahead or the week ahead, when you have a moment before we pick up our phones to scroll social media or the news feed, to check our emails or the next urgent text that we have to respond to, Let's take a moment to process. What have we thought about? What's happened? Why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? How has what happened impacted me? Do we have the time to even mourn a loss that we've gone through? A simple loss. We didn't get a job or an opportunity didn't go our way. How are we processing what we're going through? Do we have time to pray? Do we have time to seek wise counsel, maybe fast, or read a passage of Scripture, or ask someone before we act? Let's learn to pray and process. Even before we read something good, 
even before we go to the Bible. Let's maybe pray first. And then the Lord might open our minds to receive from Him. This matters because the kingdom of noise leads to a life filled with worry and anxiety. But the kingdom of heaven leads to a life full of joy and peace. Let's choose life. God is inviting us to displace the kingdom of noise with the gentle whisper of the kingdom of heaven. And He promises that all those things we're seeking after, but ultimately failing to find in the kingdom of noise, He will give us all those things, for He is a good Father. May the God of peace give us the peace of God. Will you please stand with me as we close in prayer? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that because of your great love for us, you sent your one and only son, Jesus, to reconcile us to you, not counting our sins against you. Not counting our sins against us, rather, so that we might be reconciled to you, called children of God. We thank you, Father, that you are a good and generous Father who delights in us and who gives us all good things. We thank you that you give us peace. And you do not give as the world gives, but you give your personal presence of your Holy Spirit as the God of peace gives us the peace of God. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the Prince of Peace and that you invite us to displace worry and anxiety that comes from the kingdom of, kingdom of noise with the peace and joy that comes from the kingdom of heaven. We thank you for this, Jesus, in your wonderful, perfect and precious name. Amen.